Welcome to Talkin' SEC. Writer, photographer, and producer Philip Jordan discusses the latest news and breaks down the biggest games with the best analyst around. Now, from Southeast Alabama, a state that knows its sports, here is Philip Jordan. Welcome, everybody, to Talking SEC. I am your host, Philip Jordan, for Last World College Football on 96.9 The Legend in Dothan, Alabama, where I'm the in studio host and producer for Dothan Wills Football. It is Friday, finally Friday, uh, and the podcast is here for you once again. I guess if y'all have noticed, it's kind of been daily this past week, experimenting with doing a daily podcast. Uh, so you're getting a Friday podcast. There will be a Saturday podcast since one day during this week. There was not one. Can do this throughout the rest of the regular season. See the reaction to it. See if you guys like it. And uh, see how I like it as well, doing a podcast every single day. So because of that, try to keep these things around the 30-minute mark. Don't go too long, which I know the last two episodes have both been 45 minutes. I will be joined on the show today by Alan Bell, good friend of the show. Uh, you can catch him over at CBS Sports Line. We'll be talking a lot about the Tennessee Volunteers, and we'll look at some SEC lines for this week. And also ask Alan about the uh, Tennessee Titans. He's there in Nashville. Uh, Tennessee Titans one of the better teams in the NFL. We'll do that at the end of the conversation with a big chunk of our talk will be on the Tennessee Volunteers. Before I bring Alan on, let you guys know you can find me and the podcast. You can find me on social media at PJordanSEC. The podcast is on social media at TalkingSECPod. Of course, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. really means a lot if you do that. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show. And you can always email me at SportsTalkFieldJordan at gmail.com now let's get into my conversation with alan bell from cbs sports line everybody joining me today on talking sec is a longtime friend of all the podcasts i've been doing over the years and radio shows and stuff like that uh, alan bell from over at cbs sports line and alan uh, i mentioned this off the air but i uh, do appreciate you taking some time and uh, coming on the show of course buddy appreciate you having me man thank you yeah, it's been a while since we talked. I think the last time I mean you talked was when Pat Mahomes got his brand new contract, which feels like forever ago. Dude, does it not? That's weird. Yeah, it, that that really does feel like forever ago. Twenty twenty, dude. Can we just skip to twenty twenty one? Like it has to be better, right? It can't get any worse. Uh, and it feels like this year <laughs> is so. It, I feel like I've lived three or four different years this year alone. That's how it's been. Because yeah. I mean, something from july that's really not that long ago but it feels like it it does man like you know how uh you know how like go back to like high school age right like you know how like if you looked at like your parents yearbook from when they're in high school like everybody looked old you know what i mean like they look like 10 years older than they were like that's how i feel that this year has been to all of us like it's just aged all of us you know just tremendously in like six months it's been crazy yeah, it has, and you know, and, and I'll, I'll be interested to get your take on this because you know, as we are going through the football season, we're here in December. College football, <laughs> they're, they're they're getting closer to the finish line. They're getting closer to the end of the season, and the NFL's got another month, and then you'll get the playoffs. You know, for me, I, I've all year I've been the kind of person to look look. I hate we have lost games, but I don't focus on that. I just look at look every week that we get games. I am just thankful because there's a time when we may, we thought maybe that was not possible. Uh, what, what's been your outlook on all that this year so far, both college and pro football? Yeah, I, the same thing. Honestly, I mean, you know, it's 
you know, one, we're dealing with something that's that's bigger than sports. It's bigger than everything, you know what I mean, and, and it's global. So, you know, while I'm certainly not one that is, you know, like doom and gloom and, you know, all that, like I don't get involved in any of that. Like I look at it the same way that you do. Like I hate that we lose games, but I get it. I understand. Um, and every game and every Saturday and every Sunday that we get, you know, I, I just take it as, hey, this is fantastic. If this is the last one that we have, uh, I'm going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's all that we can do. So I just try to keep, you know, a little positive look outlook on it. And each one that we get, man, it's fantastic to me. Yeah, you know, and look, I'm obviously not a player, but in a sense, I kind of get it with a, what a player goes through when you lose a game. Because as a high school football broadcaster, the team I do the games for down here in Dothan, I had that happen three times this year. I had games canceled, didn't get played because of it, and you kind of get you get excited because even as someone that does the uh, uh, producing and in studio stuff, you're getting excited for a broadcast. You kind of understand so that is a bad feeling. So you kind of are appreciative of every week that you do get do get these games and I, and what I want to lead with you was this is just you know overall uh college football wise before we you know we'll, we'll get to the NFL talk toward the end though with the Titans but uh what's what's been your biggest takeaway with the way college football's been this year not not the COVID stuff but just overall would you know what's been going on with college football this year yeah so you know I, I think first off you know when you look at it and you see that these teams didn't have an off season and you know I'm here in Nashville uh predominantly work you know in the NFL, around NFL teams. And while they didn't have a preseason either, you know, these are paid professional athletes. Like, a lot of them could build, uh, you know, home gyms in their garage or whatever, right? So they could at least work out. College, you know, college players didn't have that opportunity because when you get them home, away from their facilities, you know, they're, they're dealing with the same things that all of us are. Like, you know, home gym, you know, gyms, you know, uh, your local YMCA or whatever – was closed. So you had a lot of players that didn't even get to, to work out. We're not even talking about practice. Didn't even really get to work out. You just pretty much had to go outside and run. And if you were lucky enough to have some dumbbells in the house, you know, you could hit that. So, you know, I say all that to say this. It shows, you know, this season because, you know, you look around. I mean, we've got, you know, probably four or five really good football teams. Uh, and then everyone else, man, you're just trying to find some consistency, you know. And, you, you know, they're at the beginning. You know, just watching SEC, you know, you'd see Ole Miss, you know, put up 50-something points against, you know, Alabama, you know, and then the next week they'd score 12 points, you know what I mean, against a much, you know, lesser team, right? So it was just it, – it was it's hard to find a consistency. The NFL's had a little bit more, uh, but, again, you know, the, 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 that's the difference in professionals, right? Uh, yeah. So long story short, yeah, that's been the hardest part, man, is just finding consistency. And we're starting to see it now, but, you know, the season's almost over. Yeah, and uh, you know Nick Saban talked about it about a week or so ago that offense can practice against A or defense cannot, and I think that's a, a big thing we've been missing because I, I believe with college you see more hitting and tackling in the spring, and that that's the part of it I think most people and a lot of people didn't realize how important for college football the spring is. For like your NFL, these professionals they know what they should be doing. You know they can you know the in shaped taking care of themselves it's a little bit easier for them and i know they kind of got a, a you know ramp up time before uh with what would have been preseason and all that for college i mean you've seen it you know the the 
defenses have been pretty bad. I don't know if you can say any of the top teams in college football have a really good defense. I mean, Alabama's gotten better in the last couple of weeks, but that, that's a big thing when it comes to college. And I'll say this, you know, since I cover high school football down here too, it's high school as well because there's that, you know, the strength and conditioning training these guys go through during the getting all season during the summer getting with a strength conditioning coach that part that they didn't get that's huge and i don't think a lot of people really uh realize that nope look, look at the nfl man like this is the highest scoring season in the history of the nfl mm-hmm. so there you go like i mean it, it translates literally all the way to the top i think that is you know that that quote that you just had you know from nick saban that that's going to be the prophetic quote of, of football as a whole uh, and, and not even that i mean look at the nhl like i'll say this you know, sports line, you know, all summer, you know, with uh, the NBA, the, you know, the end of the shortened season, same thing with the NHL, like scoring was up in those, you know, those sports as well. Like the NHL, the playoffs, it like the scoring, the average total in, you know, in an NHL game is generally three and a half to four, somewhere around there. It was about five. Like that's a massive difference, you know, in the NHL. So, I mean, that quote goes across everything, man. Like it, it, it it's crazy that we didn't, you know, pay enough attention to it, but it absolutely rang true. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of these coaches, you know, for example, like a Nick Saban or a Kirby Smart, all over the SEC, all over college football, they're going to be really, really looking forward to hoping they get a regular spring or something close to a regular spring uh, come March and April because then they can kind of – get some principles back in with defense what they want to because i think i think that's been the biggest thing it's not that these defense is bad it's just you know didn't have that that time to get ready for the season like they normally they normally would and kind of talking about some teams in the sec you're up there in tennessee so you you know this is coming uh just what is the conversation up around where you're at in nashville just when it comes to the tennessee football program right now uh you know the, the questions you know it, it begins and ends with jared garantano uh, that's the, the beginning of the conversation of you know, not not trusting him, um, you know, uh, fans wanting to move to another quarterback. And then it goes to Jerry Pruitt and, you know, really what, you know, his future is going to be a guy. And you know, I'll say this, I don't know the answer to that question, but I know this, that Tennessee fans have been asking that question since the day Lane Kiffin left for USC. Like, it, it, we're going on 10 years of having the exact same conversation over and over and over I think fans are they're, they're just uh, um, I, I trust me I've seen Tennessee fans happy I've seen Tennessee fans upset I, I know this fan base inside and out um, it's bad man it, it, it's reaching a point that I really haven't seen uh, you know we had a uh, you know a, uh, a coach's show a Jerry Pruitt show you know the, the, this, this week a couple days ago and uh, a, a fan literally called in you know and said hey you know, Pruitt, are you ready to just go back to Alabama? Like, you don't want to be here anymore, do you? <laughs> and I've never heard that. You know what I mean? And, like, I say that, like, joking, but also not because, like, you understand how, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a show produced by the school with the head coach. Like, those, those shows don't allow any negativity whatsoever. And, like, this is two weeks in a row that fans are literally calling in to the head coach and ripping him on air. I've never heard that before, man. So I say all that to say this, like – the fan base is just reaching a point where they're tired of being embarrassed. I mean, they're going on a five-game losing streak where they've lost all five games by double digits. That's never happened before. In, what, 100 years of playing football Tennessee? It's never happened. It's brutal. Yeah, and, you know, of course, they had the big winning streak 
end of last year, then they started 2-0 this year. And I know there was a lot of uh, hope and hype and that, that they could be the third-best team in the SEC East, which I don't, you look at the SEC East right now. I mean, after Florida and Georgia, I mean, who is the third-best? I mean, that's, I, think, that's, I think that's a great question for to, to ask anybody right now. But uh, and I kind of yeah. want to circle back what you mentioned, and I think that is a big part. And going into the season, I looked at this as I was not – buying the Tennessee hype I'll, I'll be honest with you uh, because of the quarterback because the quarterback <laughs> yeah. Garantano because last year how many times did we see watching Tennessee play he played bad Pruitt pull him the backup played bad you put him back in I think that that's not building confidence with any quarterback in your program and they've done it this year and you know just from what I'm seeing from afar I think there's a frustration there too it's like Jeremy Pruitt continues to go back to Garantano when it's obviously and look I don't I don't like criticizing college or high school kids especially high school but college as well you know I don't make a habit of doing that but also kind of is scratching it makes me scratch my head looking from afar here in Alabama why does he continue to go back to a quarterback that it's obvious it's just not working with yeah you know and, and that's a, now here's the problem so, because you're 100% correct with that. So now, Jeremy Pruitt finds himself in this weekend and the rest of the season in a lose-lose situation because if, you know, uh, Harrison Bailey, their freshman quarterback that possibly could start uh, this weekend against Florida, which, good luck. Um, <laughs> he, if he comes in and has a good game, Everyone in the fan base is going to scream at Jeremy Pruitt, what were you doing? Why were we wasting time, you know, with Jared Garantano when we had a better option? And if he doesn't play good, then you're going back to Garantano and everyone is now yelling at Jeremy Pruitt saying, what in the world is going on? Can you not develop a quarterback? Can you not recruit a quarterback? Like, what's the problem here? You know what I mean? So he's just a lose, man. And uh, I'll say this, you know, it's a good thing because – this Tennessee-Florida game was originally scheduled to be the final game of the season, and that is just a bad taste game eat, you know, the entire offseason to sit on that. Here's the problem now. Now that Vanderbilt game has been rescheduled, if they lose to Vanderbilt again, which, by the way, Derek Mason, who just got fired from Vanderbilt, had a winning record against Tennessee. Think about that, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just it, – it is a bad, bad situation. And it is turned quick on Jeremy. I mean, this offseason, we're loving the guy. And, uh, buddy, that, that, that attitude has changed very, very fast. You know, to a lesser degree, Kirby Smart's in that same situation right now with the quarterback because look at the last two weeks yep. with JT Daniels. They look a lot better offensively with him at quarterback. And then you're like, why would you play him for which JT Daniels probably wasn't briefed what not to say to the media after that first game Mississippi State said, yeah. Oh, I was cleared after the uh, after the first game was Arkansas. I'm like, I'm sure Kirby <laughs> didn't want you saying that. <laughs> because <laughs> because that was something that he probably didn't want everybody to know because then the sets of stuff. So I mean Kirby's obviously it's he's not in trouble. But it's kinda you know, that's kinda what it reminds me of a little bit there, what you mentioned with, you know, to Harrison Bailey. If you know he doesn't play well uh, you go back to Garantano, there's criticism. But if he does play really well, you're like, what took you so long? So it, you're right. It's a it's a no-win situation uh, this week, really, for Tennessee and, and Jeremy Pruitt all together there uh, when they do play Florida. Uh, talk about that Florida game, because I was going to get to your, your thoughts on some of the lines in the SEC uh, this weekend. Uh, so Florida, number six in the country, they are 7-1 and one in Tennessee. Of course, we mentioned 2-5, lost five 
in a row. Uh, Florida's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, uh, when you hear that, uh, what, what sticks out to you about that line? Yeah, so uh, let me say this. I've, I've watched this game, as everyone listening has. You know, we all watch you know, SEC games. Uh, uh, Florida's own Tennessee when Tennessee had great teams, right? They're, they're going to trounce Tennessee this weekend. I mean, 17-and-a-half. Uh, Sportsline, we've got a current project, projection of about 41 to 16, somewhere around that type of game. Um, I think Florida's going to be able to do pretty much anything and everything offensively that they want. Um, this is honestly going to be a, a, a really good uh, Heisman resume game for Kyle Trask. I, I think that, you know, with Florida not only looking to get themselves in the college football playoff, uh, but also win their quarterback a Heisman. Uh, it changes things, you know. So when they're, when they're up forty to ten, you know, in the fourth quarter, they're not going to pull their quarterback now, right? Like, I mean, they're, you know, unless there's some big risk, like they're going to let him continue to get stats and they're going to continue to put up points because that's how you look good, you know, to these people that vote for it, right? So I think that's going to play negatively uh, for Tennessee. So yeah, I mean, long story short, man, Florida, Florida, pick a score. Florida can do whatever they want. Um, and Tennessee doesn't have the offense to uh, to take, you know, to take bites out of that bad defense that Florida has. So it, it, this is going to be a good resume game for Florida. Yeah, and especially when you know if you, you want to prop up Kyle Trask, when you know that Alabama's playing LSU in primetime on CBS that night. So Matt Jones is going yep. to have a big audience uh, for that game on Saturday night. So you think, okay, I, we got to, you know, if you're going to do that, Trask is going to be playing deep into this game. And, you know, for me, too, I do kind of wonder, looking at this, too, uh, I'm not saying Tennessee has the opportunity to win, but maybe to do some stuff early, because Florida has started out slow the last two weeks against Vanderbilt and yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, they have, you know, and, and uh, you know, it goes to show that, you know, Florida's not a perfect team, um, you know, and they're really, they're really not a perfect team. I think mm-hmm. Alabama's the best team in the country. Um, you know, their defense is certainly getting better week by week. Their offense has, you know, obviously always been there. All year, but I mean, you know, other than them, like I mean, Clemson obviously, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, but I think Bama's better than them. But then that's pretty much it. Like everyone else, kind of has their own flaws, you know. Even the good teams, uh, and Florida certainly has that, you know, of, of you know not starting quick, and then their defense, you know, letting pretty much almost anybody kind of stay around and hover, right? But I think this is just this is just going to be a good get right game for them. Like this is going to give their defense a lot of confidence. Their offense is going to be able to do whatever that they want. Um, bad news for Tennessee fans. This is this is already a bad game, and every other factor that kind of plays into what Florida's looking to do, bigger picture, uh, is going to play against you on this one. Yeah, I guess you'd say it's been a bad podcast for any Tennessee fan to listen to, too, as well. So maybe we need to uh, move off from the Vols well, a little I bit. Mean, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know any podcast that would be good for Tennessee fans. You know what I mean? Like, there's just nothing positive and i say that you know living here right like i, I live amongst them you know the family friends everybody i mean they, the, the fans aren't dumb they know where this program sits right now i hate it for them but but they get they get it i do too because as much as i i'm critical uh when i look at it i want tennessee to be good again because i have said this for years the sec works better and is at its best in the east when florida georgia and tennessee are all good it's just like in the west when alabama Auburn, LSU, and now A&M are good. When those seven programs 
are good. The conference works at its peak. So, I mean, I want I want Tennessee to be good. I want because, man, you know, you talk about Florida and Tennessee. That used to be the game in the East uh, because there was a time where Georgia was an eight and four, eight and three, nine, three team. They would get beat by both those teams. You knew early in the year was normally when they played. When Florida and Tennessee got together, that was the game to determine the East. And, and as just a fan of this conference and football in general, I miss that. Yeah. I do, and uh, you know, uh, I, we saw this week. You know, some Florida players. You know, they weren't saying this negatively; they were just <laughs> answering honestly. You know, uh, reporters down there. You know, games would ask them, like, you know, hey, you know, it's rivalry, whatever. And they're like rivalry. And, I mean, you know, like if they didn't say it, sort of like as a cheap shot. Like it, honestly, like this game hasn't been a rivalry for fifteen years. Yeah. It feels like you know what I mean. So. I agree with you on that. And then, you know, we we could talk another podcast about this topic, too. I think if you look around college football, there are like five fan bases that are happy, and everyone else is upset. And I think that there is a little bit of change that needs to happen. Like, I, I think that they need to open up the college football playoff so that they could get more parity around college football. Uh, we see the NFL, you know, when they continue to add teams, you know, to the playoffs, which they did this year. The reason it is you know to, to kind of distribute out you know competitive balance and it's worked you see a lot more nfl teams you know that, that their fan bases are happy the, the less coaches that are getting fired they're lasting longer um you know and again this is a topic for another time but i think college football's due for a little bit of that it, it, it's a little too top heavy and i'm not blaming the alabamas or ohio state or clemson's like do your thing man keep hammering this, this isn't against you but i think the sport as a whole would be better uh, you know, with with you know many more teams that are competing at the top. Yeah, and then, of course you would have the smaller programs that then we know would feel like they had a closer <clears throat> little bit of a shot with it. Now you said there's a lot of people that are mad at their programs that are not happy. So I'm about to bring up a game with a team that obviously their fans are not happy. Uh, number five, Texas A&M. They will travel to Auburn. A&M is a six and a half point favorite. Now, just straight up, Allen. As a guy that covers this Auburn team and it has followed Gus Malzahn, his, I'm telling people I won't be shocked if Auburn wins this game. Gus Malzahn is against the wall. He is four, I believe, forty-four and ten somewhere around there at home in his career. Bo Nix is a much different quarterback at home. You know, everybody might look at the records what Alabama did to Auburn last week. I'm telling to me, this feels like it's going to be a close game between these two, and. I'm not calling it yet, but I would not be surprised if Auburn won, made this game close, or even came out and won this game. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, man. Uh, Auburn is Auburn is always that weird team yes. in the SEC that, like, the minute you think that they're down, you know, they go ten and two, eleven and one, right? And, and, like, it, you just you cannot ever count them out. Like, they have weird, you know, kind of magic, you know, that happens, especially when they do play at home. That you know LSU had that with Les Miles, like just crazy things happen that you really don't see anywhere else. So I agree with you. I think the line is sitting what six, six and a half somewhere around yeah. there in favor of Texas A&M. I would absolutely ride with Auburn with that all day long. And you're right, man. Like you know, with a line that close, you know, I guarantee A&M does not want to be playing Auburn right now. And side note for A&M, what are, what are they? Are they fifth in the college football playoff right now? Is that correct? Yes, they they're fifth right now. So this right. is yeah. this is big for them that, because that if they want to jump Ohio State. Well, and, and here's the thing, like yeah, this is like a perfect position for them because essentially what they just need to do is just win out the regular season and that they could they could sneak in the college football playoff without having to play the SEC championship at all. 
So, I mean, this could be a good spot for them, but I mean, you've got to, you know, you got to finish strong. Um, and this is certainly a, a big one. So yeah, long story short, man, I, I'm with you. I'm definitely riding Auburn with the points. Yeah. I just, I just saw that as soon as the iron bowl was over with Saturday, I posted on my social media. <laughs> I said, I'm be surprised if Auburn wins next Saturday. It is completely got Gus Malzahn yeah. wrote all over it that his back against the wall. They'll find out to win that, uh, win that one. And, uh, and last week, then we'll kind of quickly talk about Tennessee Titans a little bit over in the NFL, but, and I, I cannot believe I'm even seeing this this line, but Alabama at LSU, this is always the marquee matchup in the SEC every single year. It's always in primetime on CBS. Alabama's a 29-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess my simple Crazy. question is, do you think they cover that? I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of points. I mean, Alabama scored, what, 35 points in every game this year? Yeah. I think it's something like that somewhere around there. Um, I mean – Alabama's good enough to do it. Like, first off, we'll say that. Second, you know, it really comes down to, does Alabama want to do that? You know what I mean? Like, that that's what it comes down to. Because, I mean, they could be up 30, you know, going into the fourth quarter, you know, and, and you just start throwing, you know, subs in. Because, you know, you just want to win the game. They don't care about a point spread, right? So it's just, it, it's just motivation. You know, do they really want to hammer it home? You know, the crazy thing for LSU, I was looking this up earlier, them being a 29-and-a-half-point underdog, that's the largest uh, defending national champion underdog in the last 40 years. Wow. 40. We've not seen this in 40 years. It's crazy, man. But, you know, I, I certainly get it. LSU lost a ton of talent to the NFL. You know, arguably they would have had the rookie of the year with Burrow, at quarterback, um, you know, the, the rookie wide receiver of the year, you know, and Jefferson and so many more of the players. But – Buddy, that drop-off's been big, man. LSU does not look the same at all. Yeah, they don't. And you know there's NFL talent on that team. I mean, they, they, they funnel through oh, yeah. LSU. So it's just, oh, I mean, defensively, I've been surprised that they've been as bad as they are this year. And that's where you got to be worried if you're an LSU fan. As good as Alabama is passing the ball, and LSU's had some issues uh, on that side of the ball this year. And then offensively right now, look, they're playing true freshman quarterbacks in T.J. Finley or Max Johnson. So it's it's probably not going to go well uh, for LSU this week. They they still wouldn't have a shot, but if Miles Brennan was back there at quarterback, it would be different because he he's yeah. just a more experienced guy, and you could tell the difference when he went down with injury this year when the two freshmen, who I think both have tremendous talent, tremendous upside to be really good players for LSU. But just right now, it's just a young, yep. young team. And, uh, I, but I wouldn't be shocked, you know, I'll say this about if they come out on fire. Cause Coach Orgeron, you know, he's going to light this team up. He's going to get them excited. Like no one thinks we could win this. They'll probably come out with some great energy. What, little bit of a crowd there will be there at LSU will be lively I believe yeah. being in at night but yeah at the end of the day <laughs> Alabama's gonna take care of business so uh yeah I'm uh <laughs> oh yeah you know it, I, I think you're exactly right you know and I think you know from a betting perspective you know it might be an LSU you know first quarter first half type play because I mean they're going to come up fired up it, it, we're really just trying to project when Alabama hits the kill shot and then just, you know, then then the rain just starts coming down, right? Because that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to figure out when it's going to happen, you know, because offensively, dude, Mac Jones, Devontae, Najee, keep going. I mean, they're going to go off, you know, but uh, it's just how long can LSU kind of hold that, you know, that flood, those floodwaters back uh, before they do. So, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a good theory. I, I might play LSU first quarter, first half, you know, based on that. Hey, and if it doesn't go well, I, I will hold no responsibility whatsoever. I did not make that comment. 
<laughs> totally understood. Oh, but uh, okay. So I wanted to jump before I get out of here, talk about Tennessee Titans a little bit because you are there in Nashville and Tennessee. Man, that was a tremendous and very impressive win over the Colts this past Sunday to beat them forty-five to twenty-six like they did. Because I mean, coming off where the Colts beat them just a few weeks ago, and the Colts been playing really good ball. Uh, when you look at this Tennessee Titans team, I mean, Derrick Henry running back, leading rusher in the NFL. You got Tannehill is one of the better quarterbacks in the league. It doesn't really get talked about a lot, I don't think, on a national scale. Um, this team is. It's eight and three. I mean, they're one of the top teams in AFC. Uh, where, where do you see uh, see this Tennessee Titans teams going? What's their ceiling? Uh, their ceiling is as far as Derrick Henry wants to take them, right? Like uh, this team is Derrick Henry, and don't get me wrong, there are fantastic players on this team. Tannehill has had he's been playing great ever since he came over last year. AJ Brown is an amazing wide receiver, the kid from Ole Miss, uh, and, and keep going down the list, but. Derrick Henry is the fuel to this fire. I mean, look at him. Like when he, when he, what he did to Indianapolis alone, it looked like what he was doing in the playoffs last year. And I don't care who you are, if he's doing that to you, he makes your defense better. He makes your special teams better. He puts you in better field position the entire game. Like every single thing is better when he's doing that, and you control the clock. Uh, you, look, I'll give you some stats that'll blow your mind. First off, Derrick Henry's had a hundred plus rushing yards in eight straight road games. In the NFL, road games, dude. Wow. Like, that's just on the road. He's a monster. Two, he has more rushing yards right now than 20 entire NFL teams do. 20. Like, this guy, it's it's kind of a shame that he doesn't get enough talk for NFL MVP uh, because, you know, obviously it's a, it's a quarterback award, um, and they might as well just rename it that now. Uh, but, I mean, Derrick Henry is a monster. Like, he's just a monster, and he's making this team better. So, yeah, long story short, man, like, uh, they've got a big one uh, against the Browns this week. And, and look, Nick Chubb on the other side, dude, he's had 100 rushing yards in five of the seven games that he's played this year. Uh, he, is, he doesn't get the credit that he deserves either. This is going to be a quick game. It's going to be a game that, that the clock is pretty much just running because both teams are going to run the ball uh, on each other. I think Tennessee's better. I think Tennessee, your question, you know, how high is their ceiling? I mean, I think that they could do what they did last year. Like, I mean, this is a team that can compete – to get to a Super Bowl, they're good enough to do it, uh, but they just—they're going to have to feed the king, man. Like he is the straw that stirs the drink. It's all about him. Yeah, hey, look for one. I hope Chubb has a good good day Sunday because he is my fantasy yep. starting fantasy running back. So I'm just going to be selfish for a little <laughs> yeah. bit here, uh, and I uh, hope he does well. Uh, he made me mad a few weeks ago when he just ran out of bounds instead of going into the end zone. I'm like, come on, dude, I needed them points. Yeah, he made betters upset with that one too. Yeah, man, you got to, you know, fantasy, betters, you know, all the people got to hate it when they're running backs do that. Like, go in or or not. You know, I guess it just depends on which side of you're, you're sitting on there. Uh, with Tennessee, though, yeah. defensively, I mean, they're, they're ranked 25th overall in NFL defense. But, you know, when you look at it from a positive, when I think is really a big thing, too, the turnover margin, they're second in the NFL uh, with a plus 11 with 16 overall forced, 11 interceptions, five fumbles. But uh, for defensively, you know, as you know, when you get into the playoffs, of course, that's always a big thing. How are you playing defensively when you get into the postseason? Uh, where do you see their defense at when it comes to that as we head that down the home stretch here? Yeah, uh, their defense has issues. Uh, don't be wrong. You know, it starts in the secondary. Um, they have been kind of left on an island because you look at sacks this year, they just haven't been there. Jadavion Clowney says he signed. He doesn't have a single sack. Vic Beasley, who they signed, obviously he's gone. Um, you know, that, that's kind of been a bit of, uh, a bit of a problem. And you look at, you know, really third down defense, 
uh, for the Titans. They, they just haven't been able to get off the field. Now, it's gotten better the last two weeks. If you look at the last two games, you know, in Baltimore, we're obviously in Indianapolis, which they won as well. I mean, it, that, that's where I go back to Derrick Henry, because what he does is he masks those issues, and he keeps your defense off the field. He keeps you, you know, ahead on the scoreboard. He keeps you in control of the clock. You can kind of dictate the game, right? Like, I mean, it's the same thing that Alabama did with him. You know, like, you, you just control. You, you Like, he literally, like, is, is a king for a reason because he has power over every single facet of the game. So, you know, the, the tough part that the Titans are in is limiting, his, you know, his carries. And what I mean by that is, you know, it, it's like he's like the greatest Christmas present ever. You know what I mean? But it's like you only have two batteries, and you could run out of, you know, you, you could juice those batteries out, you know, in three hours. So it's like, okay, all right, well, let's not go crazy. We've got other games ahead. Like, we'll stop running 45 times, you know. So it, it, that, that's kind of the position that, uh, you know, Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, is in. But, again, if he's on, he masks those problems. If he's not, what we've seen, you know, three, four, five weeks ago, uh, that defense can get bad uh, in a hurry. They need their Dory Jackson to come back. Uh, he hasn't played all year. Uh, obviously, they let Logan Ryan go at the cornerback position. Um, so, yeah, it's been a little bit of a problem. But, again, the last thing I'll say is if Derek Henry's running like that, buddy, he fixes a lot of those problems. Yeah, it is fun to watch, and I always feel bad when a, when a defensive back tries to run up and tackle him up high. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But uh, uh get shove armed off the field. You will be on Sports Center for all the wrong reasons. Do not do it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, Alan, uh, I, I think I've kept you about ten minutes past what I, I told you I would. Uh, it's always good to have you on the show. Uh, always good to talk all things, just you know, football, college, pro, whatever. You know, we get in a good conversation whenever uh, I have you on the line. But if the listeners want to follow you online, where can they find you? And also uh, tell them about uh, CBS Sports Line. Yeah, definitely, man. So first off, I appreciate you having me back, man. Again, like I always love talking to you, man. We have a lot of fun. Um, and uh, two, yeah, if anybody wants to find me, you know, you can find me on Twitter at AllenBell247. Um, and, yeah, CBS Sportsline. So really what we are is, uh, you know, the gambling arm, uh, sports wagering arm of CBS Sports. And really what we do is, you know, we use a, uh, an algorithm-based system and advanced data to, uh, to grade pick bets for you. And really what we want you to do, we want you to bet every game, we want you to bet the right game. Um, and that's really what we look to help you out with. So whether you're, you know, new to sports betting, uh, whether you're a veteran, like it never hurts to have, you know, some pros on your side. And that's exactly what we do. So, yeah, uh, just go, you know, go to sportsline.com, click around, check it out. It's, uh, it's something different, and I, I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, everybody go check out CBS Sports Line and uh, give Alan a follow on Twitter. And uh, Alan, as always, I do appreciate the time, and I hope we can do this again sometime down the road. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, and that's going to do it for this edition of Talking SEC. Once again, thanks to Alan Bell for coming on the show. and hope to get Alan back on the podcast sometime later on down the road. And remember, you can follow me on social media at PJordanSEC, the podcast on social media at Talking SEC Pod. You can find a podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. If you leave a review, I will read it on a future edition of the show and you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail.com we'll be dropping a rare special saturday morning podcast brandon eisman from last world college football and lsu wire will be joining me and we will be previewing and picking all the sec games for this weekend so till tomorrow bye-bye 
Thank you for listening to Talkin' SEC. Follow Philip on social media at PJordanSEC and the show at Talkin' SEC Pod. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next time when we're Talkin' SEC. SEC.